circumstances and things I could not understand and many times in trials weakness blurred my vision that's when my frustration get so out of hand oh but it's then I am reminded I've never been forsaken I never had stand one test alone as I look at all the victories the spirit rises up in me as through the fire my weakness is made strong he never promised that the cross would not get heavy and 
like your fire your woods with this morning. Hebrews chapter 12. You're going to have to disregard the board and the bulletin this morning. Hebrews chapter 12. The Lord has led me somewhere else today. So I ask you to pray for me as I follow the Holy Spirit of God. But it's good to be in the Lord's house. It's good to see a full house this morning. I don't know of a better way to start off the new year than right here in God's house with his people in his word. I'm excited about what he's going to do in Promised Land Church in 2019. There's not enough time to mention all of the blessings that we experienced in 2018. But I'm going to say this. Praise his holy name. Praise his holy name. He is worthy to be praised. And as we go throughout this year, we're going to keep praising him. We're going to praise him when we're on the mountaintop, and we're going to praise him while we're down in the valley. God's been good, and he's carried us this far, and he's going to keep on. God's faithful. God is faithful. Hebrews chapter 12, if you would stand with me. I don't think there's anything worth more standing up for than the Word of God today. How holy the Scripture is. Hebrews 12 and verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who 
for the joy. Isn't that wonderful? Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Dear Heavenly Father, as I come to you this morning, I ask your blessing upon the reading of your word. Lord, I ask for your unction today. I ask for your filling today. Lord, this crowd does not need to hear from me, but they need to hear from you today. Lord, I pray that you would fill me enough to the point and place that I get my opinions and my thoughts out of this message. And Lord, I pray that your will will be accomplished through this message. Speak to our hearts, convict us of our sins and our lifestyles. Lord, turn us, mold us. Oh God, I'm glad you're still making me. I'm glad you're still forming me. Thank you, Lord, for not throwing me away. Thank you, Lord, for not throwing that clay away. That, Lord, through every fire that you're going through, you're molding us and making us into your image. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. If you look in verse 1, there towards the end it says, And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. I want to speak to you this morning on the subject, Let us run with patience. Let us run with patience. I guess if we had a thought going into this new year, I guess if we would want to put a scripture on how we need to face 2019, I believe it would be this, Let us run with patience. Let us run with patience. I believe it would do us well for us to pray, God, help me run my race with patience. I believe it would do our church well to pray, God, help us run with patience. I want you to notice that it says to run our race. And so many times we apply that race as it is in Scripture. The Apostle Paul talks about the race, talks about the life that we live for him. And that moment that we are born in this world until the day that we die is what is called the race, if you will. But I think in Scripture it's more about the day that you get saved and the day that he calls you home into glory land. And I believe the race that really is important because what I did before I got saved doesn't matter anymore. Because God forgave me of that life. God has moved on past that and I must move past it too. And so the race that God is concerned about is the life from the time that I made him my personal savior to the day he calls me home. But something that is kind of interesting about this word race in the Greek, it means to struggle, it means to compete. If any of you like sports, when you go into a baseball game, a football game, it is the competition. But in that competition is a struggle. It is a battle. The Greek word race here is where we get our English word agony from. And so simply what the writer is saying, he said, let us run with patience the agony that is set before us. The agony and the pain that is before us. Boy, that's comforting this morning, isn't it? Because what is he saying? We are going to face agony in this life. When you live for Jesus Christ, it is agonizing. It is painful. It is brutal. It is a struggle. It is a battle. The preacher that ever told you that once you got saved, it'd be a bed of roses lied to you. That is a lie out of the pit of hell. 
Amen? That is not the truth. And the truth is, is that when we're saved, we are going to battle and face the agony of life just like the lost man does. But the difference is in our race and in our agony, we have some help. And in our race and in our pain and in our struggle, there's somebody there willing to help us and to walk us through. Isn't that beautiful? Man, I'll tell you, this whole world can be painful. This whole world can be a struggle. And the agony that you face, this is what he said. He said, you face this agony with patience. You face it with patience. And the word patience means to endure, to keep running, to settle in for the long haul. That means simply that you have decided within your mind. And I believe it's a mindset that you know what, regardless of what the agony is in my life, I'm going to keep on going. And regardless of what I battle and what I face, I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. I'm going to have faith in Him, and He's going to carry me through. It would do us well if we had patience in the midst of our agony. It would do us well if we endured the trials and the hardships. Child of God, you know what He's saying? He's saying, hold on. When things get tough, Hold on. When the, when the boat is rocking, hold on. When the fire is getting hot, hold on. Hold on. Endure. Have patience. Keep on going. Don't stop. Don't jump out of the boat. Don't run off. You hold on because Jesus is going to see you through. You hold on. And if I have anything that I can give you today is when you approach this year, you approach it with patience. You approach it with endurance. And no matter what you face in this coming year, you hold on and you keep on going because God is going to see us through. Be patient. Endure till the end. You've got to have the mindset. You know what? It doesn't matter what happens, what goes on. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Let me tell you something. I don't care what you think when it comes to the business of this church, when it comes to the building of the new sanctuary. It doesn't matter to me what we do because regardless of what goes on in the church house, regardless of what goes on in the business meeting, I done said a long time ago that as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And if we're the only ones here, then we're the only ones here. Praise the Lord. And you've got to get in that mindset. It don't matter if cancer comes my way. It don't matter if I lose my best friend this year. Regardless of what happens, I'm going to be patient. And I'm going to endure. I'm going to keep on going. I want you to hold your place there. And I want you to look in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I absolutely love this passage of Scripture. I love this verse. I quote it all the time. But I want you to look at it in context today. The Apostle Paul is fixing to give us this patience and this endurance that we need. But the context in which he gives it is absolutely beautiful because he's talking about the resurrection. And he is talking about the day that Jesus is going to come and get us all. And he's talking about the day that when all of our dead bodies are going to get up out of the grave. And we're going to meet the Lord. Isn't it beautiful to think that when we leave this old earth behind, we're going to heaven. Amen. To think that these old bodies that are going in the ground are going to raise again incorruptible. Isn't that a beautiful thought? 
And so in that context of resurrection and Jesus coming to get us, this is what Paul said in verse 58. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. He said, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. What's the encouragement here? Be steadfast, be unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. It doesn't matter if you rip your toenail off, you abound in the Lord. It doesn't matter what goes on in your life, you abound and continue on in the Lord. It doesn't matter if you feel good or feel bad, you abound in the Lord. It doesn't matter if you can pay your bills or you can't pay your bills, you abound in the Lord. It doesn't matter if there's problems going on in the home. It doesn't matter if there's problems in the marriage. It doesn't matter if there's problems with the children, abound in the Lord. I hear it all the time, preacher. When we get our families straight and fixed, we'll be back to church. That's the most foolish thing I've ever heard in my life. That is backwards, people. We need to get to the house of healing, don't we? And we need to allow the Lord to heal our families, to heal our problems, to heal our bodies, to heal our relationships. And the only way He can heal them is if we keep on going. And we abound in Him. Now I want to go back to our text. And there's two main things that he points out that if we are going to do this, we must do. If we're going to abound, if we're going to endure the agony, there's two things we must do. Notice verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassionate about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which does so easily beset us. Number one, he said, lay aside the sin. If you are going to endure this life, you're going to have to lay down the sin. There's enough pain in this world that you're going to have to endure. You don't need the consequences of sin too. Sin is damaging. Sin will ruin your family. Sin will separate and divide. And he said, if you're going to hold on in this battle, you must lay the sin down. You say, preacher, I'm a sinner. Well, I am too. I'm the chiefest of sinners. Y'all don't need me in that. My goodness. <laughs> but I'm the chiefest of sinners. But this is what he's talking about. He's not talking about the act of sin. He's talking about the lifestyle of sin. He's talking about the habitual living in sin every day. Those things that we are stuck on. Those things that we are addicted to. He said lay them down. This life of sin will lead to more confusion and more agony. We're going to face enough pain as it is without the consequences of sin in your life. If you want a more peaceful 2019, then you lay your sin down at the cross this morning. You lay your addiction down at the cross this morning. You lay those things that you're battling with down at the cross. Because I'm going to tell you something. The devil's mad as, he, as it is. And he's going to do anything in his power to bring you agony in your life. Don't help him. Don't help him. He don't need our help. Hello, are y'all listening? Y'all awake this morning? He doesn't need our help. We got to quit doing this to ourselves. So much of the agony that we're facing is brought on by the decisions that we've made. 
And the agony that we continue to go through is because we make bad decisions every single day. And you know what the writer said? Lay them down. Set them down. Let go of them. You say, preacher, I've tried to let go of them. But they're still there. You know why? Because you didn't take them to somebody. You don't have the power to just lay down and walk, walk away. They have to be taken from you. You've got to say, Jesus, here they are. Here's my sin. Here's my temptation. Here's what I'm battling with. Lord, I put it in your hands. Take it from me. He's faithful. And He's just to forgive us of our sins. He will pick it up. And He'll take it from us. It doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter what you're going through. If you will put it in His hands, He will take it from you. Look over in Hebrews chapter 11. And it's amazing to me that the writer of Hebrews presents all of this because in chapter 12, verse 1, he's talking about running our race. But chapter 11, he gives us tons of examples of people before us that ran their race well, that ran their race with faith. I want you to look here in verse 23. I want us to look at Moses for a minute. It says in verse 23, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents, because they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandments. So I want you to think about something. He is in agony, okay? He's in Egypt. If he is going to deal with this, he's going to have to lay some things aside. He's going to have to forsake some things. Notice what it said. It said, by faith when he was come to years, refused to be the son, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. What did he do? He forsook the throne of Egypt. All of the popularity, all of the positions, he said, y'all can have them. I don't want them. I just want to serve the Lord. I don't want this, these stages. I don't want everybody looking at me. I don't have to have that. Isn't it amazing that we struggle and we push for these stages and we push for this success. But once we get up there, we realize we don't, didn't really want it to begin with because it brings so much agony to our life. Do you realize the throne of Egypt to uh, Moses would have brought more agony and pain to his life? We think we want those job promotions. We think we want the next stage and the next level. But it could be that next level would bring more agony and pain to our life. Oh man, we fight for it and we fight for it and we got to have it. And once we get it, we thought, boy, I didn't know it was going to be like this. And you know what Moses did? He forsook the throne. He said, I don't have to have the stages. I don't have to have the promotions. Notice the next verse. He said, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Not only did he forsake the throne, but he forsook the thrills. Oh man, there's so much thrill in this whole world. Man, the devil makes sin look so good. And there's families every day turning from God to go to the thrills and the pleasures that's in this world. But I'm telling you, those thrills will bring pain to your life. Those treasures and those things that, that we think are just so tempting are put there to devour us. Oh, I want to be like the world. Oh, their life looks so much easier. Oh, their life, it's just, man, they're prospering. Didn't Asaph see the same thing? 
He said, until I went into the sanctuary of God and then understood I therein. Yes, they're prospering for a season, but one day they're going to perish. And I promise you, it's not worth it. And we look out and we think, boy, I want to be like the world. Boy, I want to be like them and do this and do that. But once you do it, you walk away from your relationship with the Lord. You know what it does? It brings more pain. It brings more agony to your life. The thrills are not as good as we think they are. It, they are put there to bring more agony and pain to our life. Notice in verse 26. And steaming the reproach of Christ greater than riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. He forsook the throne, the thrills, and he forsook the treasures. He said, you know what? You, you get all the money you want. You have all the money of this world that there is. I don't want it. You know, we think we want to be a millionaire. We think that we want all the money that there is. In fact, the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. And child of God, you be careful going after the treasures of this world. You be careful going after the money of this world. Because I'm telling you, there's heartache when there's treasures. When there's treasures, there's more agony. And there's more pain. And there's more things to go through. You know why I don't have to worry about treasures? Because I don't have a whole lot. Do you know why I sleep peaceful at night? Because I don't have to worry about my millions of dollars. Because <laughs> I don't have them. There was a man in Texas, boy, he always bragged about his money and bragged about his money. He come in one day, my gosh, I sat in that CPA's office for 10 hours today. Boy, isn't that horrible? I said, I wouldn't know. It don't take me but about 20 minutes to go through there. I don't have to worry about the treasure and the heartache and the agony running and seeking every day after money and after treasure. Child of God, we ought not seek after those things. We ought to seek after a deeper relationship with Christ. We ought not seek the treasure. And what if you became that millionaire today? What if you became that billionaire today? Pay off the building if you would. No, I'm picking, guys. <laughs> Figure Brother Jimmy like that over there. But what if you got everything that this world has to offer? What if you got all the money and all the jobs and all the cars and everything? Then what? All you have is the pain of it all. And the agony that comes with it. If that's what you're seeking after, it will never fulfill you. You know what will fulfill you? Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Notice what He said. First thing, you've got to lay aside. But go over to Hebrews 12, verse 2. He said, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. If I'm going to have patience in this race, I've got to lay down my sin. But I've got to focus my eyes on Jesus. He said, how are we going to lay this down and run this race with endurance? He said, looking unto Jesus... The author and finisher of our faith. You have to lay down your sins and you must adjust your focus. You must put your eyes on the right one in the right place. If you want success in 2019, and I'm not talking about success that, that these preachers would offer. I'm not Dr. Olstein up here, okay? 
I'm talking about the success of the Scripture. I'm talking about success in our relationship with Jesus. If you want that kind of success, you must get your focus right. And you must put your eyes on Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Now go back to chapter 11. I want to go to the next verse there with Moses. He forsook the thrill. He forsook the throne. He forsook the treasures. He laid it down. How did He lay it down? I'm glad you asked. Notice verse 27. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured. That's the same word that is used for patience in 12.1. He endured the race. He had patience. He kept on. Well, how did he endure? Bless God, I'm going to shout on this. I'm telling you, this is good. Man, y'all got to get excited. We're not in a funeral, folks. Nobody died today. Amen? We're here because somebody's alive. I didn't come to go to a funeral. Bless God, he endured. You know how he endured? As seeing him who is invisible. By seeing him who is invisible. You know how he forsook? All of those things is because he kept his focus on the one that he couldn't see. You say, who's that preacher? That's Jesus and Him crucified. How do you put your eyes on Jesus? You put your eyes on Jesus through faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. He didn't see Jesus, but He believed in Jesus. And He forsook and laid down all of the treasures of this life because of one reason. He kept His eyes on Jesus. He kept His faith on Jesus. Him. And no matter what he went through, he endured because he kept his eyes on the invisible one. This world says that God's not real. I say try him. This world said he doesn't exist. God calls him a fool. Man, y'all going to wake up here in a minute now. All of these unbelievers... There's no need to pray. There's no need to call out to God. Yes, there is. Because He's real. And my faith and my hope and my endurance lies in the one that I cannot see. You say, well, why can't you see Him? Because he's seated, He is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. He's not here on earth because He's up there in heaven. And he is advocating my case every single day. And you know how I'm going to get through 2019? I'm going to keep my eyes adjusted on Jesus Christ. It goes through in the next verses about how he brought him out of Egypt. How did he get out of Egypt? By seeing him who is invisible. Then he talks about how he got him through the Red Sea and he crossed over the Red Sea on dry land. How did he do it? By keeping his eyes on the invisible one. Lay it down and put your eyes on Jesus. It's not hard. But man, isn't it tough to apply? And it's so easy for me to tell you whatever you face this year, you lay down your sin and you keep your eyes on Jesus. Lacey, we have no idea what we're going to encounter this year. We have no idea the battles we may face right here in Promised Land Missionary Baptist Church. But I tell you, we're going to do when we get there. We're going to lay down our sins. And we're going to say, Jesus, help us. Guide us. Lead us. Direct us. Individually. 
You don't know what you're going to face this year, but you get ready because the devil's coming. And he's asking you to do one thing. Endure. Endure. Don't quit. Don't stop. Don't throw in the white towel. You keep praying. You keep studying your Bible. You keep being a witness for Jesus. You fulfill your commitments that you made to Him. You keep on going to church and worshiping Him. You keep on going. And when it gets bad, you get more faithful. And when it looks like you can't go anymore, you take the next step because God's going to help you take it. And when you feel like that the world is about to drown you of everything that you're facing, you look to the one who's invisible. And I promise you, he will lead you through the fire. He'll lead you through the water. He'll lead you through anything you're going through. You know why? Because he done promised it. He's already promised victory for every battle that's in our way in 2019. Know what he said? Don't quit. Don't quit. I have no idea what's in store for my three children in 2019. But do you know what they need from their mama and daddy? They need us to endure. They need us to keep on going. When I get down and I get low and I'm about to pull what little hair I have left out because they're driving me crazy. You know what they need from me? They need me to keep on going. They can't afford for me to walk away from them. Throw my hands up and I'm done. You say, preacher, people do it all the time. Walk out on their family because the agony has gotten too much. My kids need me to keep on going. My wife needs me to keep on going. She's a lot to put up with sometimes. I'm just picking. I'm just picking. I'm a lot to put up with sometimes. Yeah, there's a amen. Yeah, I appreciate that. I can't have her walking away from me. She's got to hold on. Church, we have no idea the battles that the devil is waiting to put. He seeks to devour us. He's got snares out waiting for us to devour us. And we cannot afford for any of you to quit on God. To quit on this church. To quit in your faith. To quit on your family. And to quit on your children. You keep on going. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. You endure. Miss V, the last month has been rough. Two months. But you just kept on going. He doesn't say how to walk it. He doesn't say how to run it. He just said keep on. Don't stop. And I will take care of it. You put it in my hand and I'll deal with it. Miss V, he dealt with it. He dealt with it. I can't do what he did. But he dealt with it in his way. And you know why we're shouting today?
Because God dealt with it and not man. And I could go through every family. And I could point out the blessings of God. And how you kept on fighting. And you kept on battling. And bless God, we're shouting today. Because God's been good. But you know what? We kept on going. We kept on going. And I'm going to ask for an altar call this morning. And I'm going to pray. And ask you to pray. For endurance for our church. The endurance that we keep on going for. Doing what God has called us to do. We can't stop. We can't stop preaching. We can't stop Hawana. We can't stop upward basketball. We can't stop this folks. Jesus is coming back. And we're not going to stop because a feeling gets hurt. We're not going to stop this or this. We're going to keep on going. We're going to keep our eyes on the invisible one. We're going to keep on going. Individual. Maybe that temptation's been there to end it. End your life. End your relationships. Just walk away. God sent me to tell you this morning, you keep on going. You get yourself at this altar and you just put your life in the hands of the Almighty. And He's going to pick you up and He's going to walk you through.